Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or visit buylegacygold.com. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $175 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player claim. John's got some vacation time here with Deborah Mark in the 24-hour KFI News Center. Uh, of course, big day today is a tribute to Vin Scully, the longtime, I mean longtime, Dodger announcer back when they were in Brooklyn to when they moved to L.A., of course, in the 50s. 67 years behind the microphone for the same team and nobody can say anything close to a bad word about this man who had a reputation of just being the finest. Uh, people, of course, were just... And, and the way radio works, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a close relationship to people because you have to kind of... You're listening carefully to the voice, and you don't have the picture to kind of distract you. So Vin really just uh, enraptured Dodger fans for many years as their uh, announcer. So we'll do more on that in one hour. Rick Monday who, of course, was a Dodger a baseball player. And then after he retired, he went up in the broadcast booth where he still works today announcing Dodger games. will join me after the news at 4 o'clock. Uh, we return to the world of California politics in Sacramento. Gavin Newsom and the Democrats. The latest bill to go on Gavin Newsom's desk is Senate Bill 57. We've talked about this on the John and Ken show before. This is the belief that if we set up injection sites for drugs somehow that's just going to help the addicts get by i think the theory here is basically giving up we just don't want them to die so we wanted to monitor them as they inject the drugs into their body so perhaps you can save their life 
Of course, we do have treatment programs, but it appears, at least in one case in San Francisco, very, very few of the addicts opted for any kind of treatment program. So that aspect of this is probably useless. Let's talk to State Senator Brian Jones from the San Diego area Republican who put out his press release the other day asking that Newsom please not sign this bill. Brian, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. I appreciate you guys covering this. This is a really big deal uh, for your listeners because L.A. is one of the um, test cities that this got approved for. Yeah, Oakland, Los Angeles, and San Francisco. Do you know if these places already have a plan as to where this is going to be? Are there rules about that? Well, I have no, I well there will be rules. I don't know if if they particularly have a plan. It started off with San Francisco and then Oakland and LA actually asked to be included in the bill. Um and so you know your leaders down there think that this is a good idea. And what I've been sharing with people is the, the number one way you know if it's a bad idea or not is would you put one of these next door to your house? And if the answer is no, then, which it almost always is, or why would you think that it's okay for it to be next door to somebody else's house? Yeah, what if they located it outside of a neighborhood and somewhere like in an industrial area where the addicts would go to shoot up? Would you still object to it? Oh, absolutely, because there's still, you know, the private businesses that are around that area. That's a good question, by the way. Um, you know, there's still private businesses around that area. And regardless of all of that, Ken, this is just a bad idea. This is the... Um, and, and I want to be very clear, too, with your listeners. Not every Democrat voted for this, and I, I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but it barely passed the Senate. So it, it only passed with 21 votes. There's 31 Democrat senators. That 10, uh, some of them voted no, actually. I think two or three voted Yeah, I have no. a story that eight, vote, eight voted no, and I guess a couple abstained. Right. Um, so that, that kind of, again, tells you, that's very unusual in California politics right now for a Democrat-authored bill to barely pass and with just the minimum number number of votes. And then to have additional Democrat legislators, senators vote against it, that's also very this, – so this is a very unique situation with these kind of votes. And it's just because it's that bad of a bill um, and that bad of an idea, it's not it's not compassionate to have somebody who has gone too far into the drug addiction lifestyle, that now they are incapable of making a rational decision for themselves to get out of that lifestyle, to to have the state and the local governments allow them a spot to actually shoot up and continue their, their decline into this. These are deadly, illegal drugs that, first of all, we need to get off the streets in the first place, and then even before that, cut off the supply uh, from where they're coming from. And so to cont- just to turn, like you said at the beginning, to turn a blind eye to this and give up is not the solution. Yeah, exactly. It's what it is. It is enabling, capitulating. It is saying that this is normal. We're going to accept this. What kind of uh, taxpayer money is being used for this? Well, that is a good question, too. And it's, it'll be local tax dollars, I'm sure, funded by... Uh, the state government, I don't have the exact dollar amount, but I'm sure it'll be in the millions of dollars because these uh, locations have to be staffed. Uh, the staff members, they have to have some first aid and CPR training, but not any other medical training. And so 
to say that this is going to be a safe, controlled environment, that's just not an actual, actual statement either. And it will be expensive. And then the additional ex- local government expense of uh, police enforcement when these people leave these drug dens, these heroin shoot-up sites, uh, and they go back out into the public, they're not sober. And so what kind of additional damage or um, harm are they going to cause innocent bystanders once they're out back into the general public. Are you familiar with the the effort that they had in San Francisco? It was called the Tenderloin Linkage Center, which I guess was supposed to be a pilot program for this. And according to the information we read, very few of the addicts uh, opted for any kind of treatment. That's correct, and that uh, and and that that's also kind of put up as a argument in support because it sounds good. But in actuality, when we get to the street level with this stuff, that just does. These, these drug addicts don't want rehabilitation. When they're when you're addicted to this heroin, which you've covered on multiple other stories, you know, it adds to the homeless problem, it adds to the crime problem. Um, this is a very dangerous drug that takes over your mindset. You're incapable of making a rational decision for yourself. So it goes back to being compassionate. The argument is it's compassion to have these clean, safe drug shooting centers, but it's not clean, they're not safe, and it's not compassionate to continue to allow somebody to, again, decline farther into this lifestyle without trying to get them rehabilitated. The Daily UK, uh, UK Mail, um, UK Daily Mail. Uh, the Daily Mail, yeah, the United yeah. Kingdom, right? They did a big story right. on this, and they said they spent 19 million in San Francisco on this, and they're shutting it down because it was right. not successful to get anybody into treatment. Well, and they did an article in Portland too, and uh, Portland's worse off than than San Francisco. And it, it, this, it's the, the problem with this idea when you talk about it and you explain it. You know, it kind of sounds compassionate it makes sense you know in theory but it never works in practicality and that's the problem we're at it has good intentions but the good intentions don't play themselves out once we put these things into place on the streets well jerry brown vetoed a similar bill back in 2018 you know what do you think newsom's going to do you know it's hard to tell on these kind of things he's he is a little bit all over the place on this uh sometimes um where you know it's got several Democrats that voted no uh, on it. So um, we know it's not a partisan issue. All the people that did vote for it are Democrats. So let's be clear about that. Um, But uh, it's hard to say what he's going to do. We're going to keep putting pressure on him. I would encourage your listeners to put pressure on him. And because this is coming to L.A., if this passes and gets, well, it's passed, if it gets signed by the governor, Mm -hmm. these drug dens are coming to L.A. All right, Brian Jones, state senator, thanks for talking to me. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. All right, the subject was Senate Bill 57, which is on Newsom's desk. And believe it or not, it is these open-air drug injection sites. They tried it in San Francisco. It was a failure, but they now have a bill to authorize it, expanding on a pilot program to Oakland and lovely Los Angeles. Would they pick Skid Row for this, where it's already happening? But this would involve some use of taxpayer dollars and the idea that we stand by in case somebody ODs, we can at least save their life. And we have treatment programs for them. We can refer them to it. 
Nobody was interested in that in San Francisco. They gave up on the idea. More coming up on the John and Ken show here on KFI. KFI pretty much all day saluting the passing of the legend, Vin Scully. Probably wouldn't even like to be called a legend. He was just that kind of humble guy. But of course, 67 years as the Dodger broadcaster, first in Brooklyn, and then when the team moved out here in the late 50s, uh, unbelievable legacy that he leaves behind. Rick Monday, uh, Dodger broadcaster and, of course, Dodger player back in the 80s, will join me after the news at 4 o'clock to uh, give his thoughts on the passing of Vince Scully at the age of 94 years old. Coming up after 3.30, oh, this is great. I actually have the article from July 9th when they did the grand ribbon cutting for the new 6th Street Viaduct in downtown Los Angeles. And what Eric Garcetti said that day is, it's our generation's love letter to the city. Well, they answered your love, didn't they? <laughs> Graffiti, take street takeovers, all sorts of nonsense antics, people climbing the arches. Unbelievable mess just a few weeks later. Steve Gregory will join me after 3.30 because the mayor talked today about what should be done with the 6th Street Bridge and as to whether or not it's a good idea to close it to traffic. Yeah, bridges are generally built for cars. It's a pass-through means for people to travel, but that's the real talk, including an El Segundo Times editorial, that they should close the bridge to cars, pedestrians only. It should be more open space, a park. I want to talk about that aspect of it, too, because... The people in another article the Times ran, they always want to have it both ways. And I'll explain what I mean by that coming up after the news at 3.30. We're just talking about Sacramento. Gavin Newsom has a bill on his desk. I mean, this is what they pass. To allow a couple of pilot programs for open-air drug sites, drug injection sites. They want to expand beyond San Francisco. Although the one in San Francisco, is, they, they pulled the plug on it, but maybe there's another one coming with this bill. And in Oakland and in Los Angeles. This is what they spend their time on. Hopefully, he will not sign the bill. It's just another capitulation. Yeah, Prop 47 reducing a lot of drug crimes to misdemeanors. And now you actually have a bill which would set up drug injection sites. So we could basically uh, enable, stand around and watch people get high uh, with very little chance that they'll opt for any kind of treatment. Speaking of Sacramento... I love to talk about this because it's something I have warned about for years and years and this year, too. You know that the state of California reported a massive budget surplus. That was thanks to the fact that the stock markets have been doing well, at least they did last year. And for most of the year before Remember the pandemic, they dipped a bit, but then they started roaring into the rest of 2020 and into 2021. Hit kind of a wall earlier this year. Things have picked up the last month or so. But uh, when we talked about the Sacramento budget, state budget, they were talking multi, multi-billion dollar surplus. Some of that came from federal funds that came to the state, which shouldn't have been done. The state didn't need them. And then, of course, from the revenues they're collecting, the taxes from the people. It comes from the corporate taxes, the sales taxes, and the income taxes. So the update is that the legislative analyst's office is saying, uh-oh, the way things are going right now, and it's early, the fiscal year only began on July 1st, we may be in for a $5 billion shortfall in the tax monies collected, $5 billion. They really have no idea because it's very early in the fiscal year. In fact, in this report, 
they gave uh, an estimate that we could be anywhere from $15 billion above the projections to $25 billion below. Now, that's a $40 billion difference there, which tells you maybe it doesn't mean much. And we don't know where the economy will go. But a couple of things are happening. Obviously, the stock market's hit a snag. So capital gains and income taxes are going to drop off. And because of inflation, the economy's taken a bit of a hit. So your sales taxes won't be as strong either. And that also is reflected in the collections for corporate taxes. So all of this means we may once again hit a wall. I'm not saying we're going to have a deficit next year. The answer from the state finance people is, well, that's why we spent most of the surplus on one-shot items. Because right, years ago, when we had other boob governors, they would, uh, especially the legislature, they would lock us into long-term spending. All right, let's, let's, let's start one social program after another. It's about time. Now that we have the money, we have to start this up. What they said in Sacramento, I mean, some of it, they, they handed out money to people, as you know. Pandemic relief, and now the latest glob of money is going to be a gas price inflation relief. So they're claiming that we may be able to ride this out better because we're not locked into long-term spending with, uh, with this drop. But just keep an eye on this because this state is so dependent on so few people who are very, very wealthy that the state's fortunes rise and fall with how they're doing in their investments. It's that simple. All right, the capital gains and everything that goes along with that. And that's not really a good idea to depend on. And that's why we end up in this up and down free fall. If you remember years ago, they, they wanted to change uh, the, the structure and move away from the importance of income taxes in the state budget. But that idea that was during Schwarzenegger's time didn't go very far. All right, coming up next, Steve Gregory from KFI News will join me. Mayor Yoga Pants talked today about the Sixth Street Bridge. Really hadn't said much to date about it. All that's happened there with the takeovers and the graffiti and the constant shutdowns. It's coming up next right here on the John and Ken Show. My guest at 405 will be Dodger broadcaster Rick Monday. And of course, the Dodger player was on the 1981 World Series winning team with the Dodgers. Of course, also known for grabbing that flag away from that protester years ago. It looked like he was going to burn the flag. Anyway, we will talk about Vince Scully with Rick Monday after the news at 4.05, a very special opportunity to talk to someone that uh, I imagine knew him pretty well. Uh, right now, we return to the saga of the Sixth Street Bridge, otherwise known as the Sixth Street Viaduct. Steve Gregory is here because Mayor Yoga Pants had some things to say today about all this. Or as uh, Tim Conway likes to refer to it as the stupid bridge. <laughs> the stupid bridge. Well, you go there and act stupid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, actually, this was a, a conversation I had with the mayor one-on-one -on -one yesterday uh, following the um, People Mover press conference. Oh, that's right. The big LAX People Mover. <laughs> yeah. So I was a pool reporter yesterday, so... Um, I pulled the mayor off to the side and I wanted to ask him about the Sixth Street Bridge and kind of what was going on. And, you know, I just and I basically uh, I got him off to the side by myself and said, what's going on with the bridge? It's clear that this is an incredibly popular bridge and 99 percent of people are embracing it, loving it and really becoming the stewards of it. But, you know, one percent 
knuckleheads who come on and do something wrong. We're going to continue to put the resources there. We're looking at, can we close it down maybe over the weekends for the first couple months? So that's one of the options. Um, and just make it a walkable, bikeable, skateboardable place. We've already put some safety stuff down in the middle so cars can't spin out. And we're going to have law enforcement. We've made arrests. We're going to give citations. And people should know this is something that we have to all take care of. This is a gift to the people of L.A. It's not just something that is the government's. This is all of ours. So he uh, would you agree it's only one percent that are doing this stuff? Well, it, it always is a handful of people. It always looks like it's a lot of people when you look at the population. You know, over last Sunday, and we talked about it here on the show from two to ten, they made fifty-six vehicle stops and issued forty-four citations and made two arrests. So, I mean, I think that's a, an awful lot of people for one location in an eight-hour period. Yes. So, Who are disrupting and causing problems worth uh, being cited, right? Right, exactly. So then I, I, I continued the conversation. You think this is a phase? I do. I think it's the beginning. Everybody wants their Instagram shot. It won't be so new six months from now. And really, it's a reflection mostly of the celebration. Some people don't quite know how to celebrate. We all know that. We go to parties, and there's always one or two people who, who make the party a little uh, more rowdy than it should be. But um, we're, we shouldn't lose the story that this is the most embraced public space in decades in Los Angeles. So, you know, equates it to the, uh, the you know, the crazy drunk person at your party. So <laughs> I don't know if you've read these stories in the Times, Steve, the way this is being positioned. It was like, well, this is long overdue for an underserved population. The idea of open space, a place where they can go and they can gather and they can celebrate their culture and their life. But the only thing people are hearing every day is that the bridge is shut down again. Well, here's the thing. That's all true, but that's what the park is for, not a bridge. And, exactly. And that's so, how I feel, the bridge. <laughs> and, and the idea of, of, of no traffic, no cars, it's going to just be a people bridge? Well, Who only, does that? Only for a couple days a week on the weekends, as you heard the mayor say. Because when I asked about the weekdays, he said, listen, two-thirds of the funding for the refit and the, and the remodel of that bridge came from the federal government. And part of the grant... Uh, recommendation or not recommendations the requirements for the grant is you have to keep that artery open for commerce so they can't shut it down because it has to remain open during the weekdays during business hours so that trucks and workers can can commute over the bridge so that it'll never be shut down completely to traffic to vehicle traffic because of the federal grant yeah it says here kevin de Leon did introduce a motion that would calculate the cost of occasionally shutting down the bridge to cars and making it available only to bicyclists and pedestrians. Well, and that's and that's what the mayor was talking about. He I think it's going to be on the weekends cuz that's when they had most of the problems is you know on the weekends and uh so the weekdays what they may do is a curfew of some kind also. When I asked about the 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 conversation that I heard some officers talk about uh, toll bridge, he says no, we can't do that. That'll <laughs> never happen. Uh and for a lot of the reasons you just said too, an underserved community, you can't turn around and charge them. Uh, to go across the bridge that, you know, it's supposed to be free access. And as you heard the, the mayor say that you know, he really thinks this is a phase. Once the once another new bright, shiny thing pops up, he he th believes that all the social media uh, narcissists wow. will move over to there. But um, <laughs> this is a $600 million shiny new object. We're not yeah. likely to get anything this large and this tremendous in this particular area of the city for quite some time. <laughs> I, I, I agree that eventually... This will this will calm down. But, you know, closing it 
to cars, but there's a lot of pedestrians doing these knucklehead things, or stupid things. So yeah. I don't know that that's going to make a difference. They'll just come there on the weekends and they'll continue to paint graffiti and continue to do stunts of any kind. Well, they're installing more cameras. They're putting in more cameras now for, uh, you know, just sort of as a deterrent. And also to follow up in the event that things happen when there are no officers around. They And remember, the park construction hasn't even started yet. So there could be a whole new set of antics going on when the when the park is completed the park's going to be underneath the viaduct oh. and so it, you you've got the park still to, to, that's supposed to be this huge like market atmosphere and family atmosphere so you've got all that going on but you you talked about another project that much money now you, that brings us to LAX and uh, the reason I bring that up is because you know the people mover thing yesterday that's a 2 billion dollar project and uh, someone asked the question uh, if this was going to be the new home of the homeless. <laughs> oh, the, the people mover the cars. The people mover cars. Because you'll have uh, you're going to have uh, 44 of these vehicles that carry up to 200 people plus luggage right. in each car. And but no one answered the question. But I will play for you because uh, Maxine Waters was uh, one of the honored guests yesterday because this is her district, Congresswoman Waters. And I just mm. want you to hear if, uh, if you hear what I heard. And thank you. Mayor Eric Garcia, I um, Garcia. I just love to hear you talk. So now, Mayor Garcia, Garcia, oh Garcia, I thought you said Garcia. That's what I heard. And thank you, Mayor Eric Garcia. I, Garcia, um, yeah, you're I just right. love to hear you talk. I just love to hear you talk. Um, He's only been mayor like nine years. He doesn't know yeah. his name. Wow. So yeah, I just thought it was really interesting. Um, and she actually then mispronounced his name two more times in, in her in her speech. <laughs> and then he referred to her as Auntie Maxine uh, when he came uh, up to talk. So they, apparently uh, they uh, have quite a relationship. And this people mover thing, they think it's going to clear up all the traffic problems and that terrible horseshoe around well, the airport, right? eventually the, the, the goal is, is to completely eliminate vehicle traffic up there except for uh, shuttle buses, hotel and rental car buses, and that's it. Eventually... The goal is, the long-range goal is to do away with vehicle traffic up there altogether. But for people, I, I realize they moved all the Uber and Lyft stuff over to another lot. But what about the people that pick up you know, their family at the airport? Aren't they no. still going to drive up to the terminal? No, you, you drop them off at these parking lots. And it's uh, so have you ever oh, been, and then they get on the people moving. Yeah. You pick them up at these parking lots? It's a two-and-a-quarter-mile track. And on that track, you're going to have these cars. And, and these people mover cars are going to be rotating every two minutes. And I believe you'll have 10 cars at any one time on the track. And, uh, you know... Yeah, San Francisco has a similar well, thing. Most, you, most major airports do have these little Have you been systems. to the monorail uh, in Vegas? I have, right. Yeah, so imagine it set up like that where the monorail has key stops along the way. Right. And that's exactly what this people mover is going to do. They're going to have key stops along this two and a quarter mile stretch of track with the final destination being the main terminal. So you will you'll have to drive over to parking lot A or parking lot B or C or whatever. That's where you'll drop off your family members and your family members will get on that people mover. Now, in the interim, as a soft rollout happens, which I was told late next year is when the the first few cars will be up and running. Right. People will still be able to drive up on the horseshoe, but they're going to start doing a huge campaign to convince everyone just to get down on these parking lots. And then soon after that, years later, they will eventually phase it out to where there's no car traffic up on the top or the bottom. Well, that may work, but it's going to take some time. Yep. Oh, this is all because of the what the the World Cup and the shiny Olympics are coming. Well, they right? want. Yeah, they said this whole system. Their goal is to have it all in place 
uh, by Olympic time. All right, <clears throat> Steve, thank you very much. You got it, man. Bye. All right, Steve Gregory covering Mayor Yoga Pants. Oh, I should have asked Steve, did you, did you ask Mayor Yoga Pants about the... Uh, about the ambassadorship? Uh, you know what? <laughs> you I pulled had, him aside. I pulled him aside, and I almost said, what's the status on D.C.? And about that time, a print reporter cut me off and started asking something else. And I said, ah. I've, I've had enough time. Because, ah. you, know, you know, it is what it is. So, Yeah, it's sad. But not for us. <laughs> We're enjoying it. All right, Steve Gregory Later. from KFI News covering Mayor Yoga Pants Garcetti on the 6th Street Bridge and on the new People Mover System at LAX, which is really just one of the worst airports. I don't think this could do anything but make things better there with the congestion and the nonsense. And as for the bridge, I mean, this article I was talking about at the El Segundo Times, basically it's a lot of people that you know live in the neighborhood. Again, they're calling the outsiders that are doing this, even though, as Steve had mentioned the other day, when the citations were handed out, most of the people were Angelinos who got the ticket. But they're complaining again that, oh, Oh, this is going to lead to gentrification. Uh, the wealthier people are going to come here and they're going to take over these neighborhoods and move in and drive up the cost of housing because this shiny new bridge is attracting them like it's a new object that they should enjoy. And, and they'll find out that it's cheaper to live here and they'll all move here and they'll push out <clears throat> all the longtime residents. And then I thought, well, you want to have it both ways. You, you complain that you're underserved. You never get anything shiny or new. Now you get this bridge, which people seem to be wild about but you're complaining that you're going to be pushed out by people who move in. I mean, so what do you want us to do? We do nothing. You complain that we never get anything. We give you something. You complain that's only going to lead to us being pushed out by people who, who cause the rents to go up. All right, Johnny Kent Show on KFI AM 640. And coming up after 4 o'clock, I'll have a chance to talk to Dodger broadcaster Rick Monday, who apparently broke the news on the air last night about the passing of Vin Scully. Of course, Rick was a Dodger player and was on the 1981 World Series championship team with the Dodgers. So we'll get uh, his thoughts and reflections on Vin Scully right after the news at 4 o'clock. One thing I want to say about Vin Scully, the first time I really heard him was 1986, when the New York Mets and the Boston Red Sox were playing in the World Series, and they bought him on to do the games for the network. Uh, me and my friends, one of which would be John Cobelt, Deborah Mark, Ooh. were like, yeah, we were hanging out back then in upstate New York, where we both worked at competing radio stations. And we were big Met fans. And we're like, who the hell is this? Because we didn't, you know, we'd grown up with other broadcasters doing the national game. He was on NBC. And we're like, well, John, I remember John saying, because John follows this stuff closely. Oh, he's a legend. Uh, of course, longtime Dodger broadcaster, Brooklyn Dodgers, LA Dodgers. And I'm like, what? But he's calling the World Series. You know, you expect a Kurt Gowdy or somebody like that, whoever it was back then. I think Kurt Gowdy was retired, but whoever was during the normal games. But they brought in Vin because he was considered, you know, to be a legend. And we just rejected the idea. We know. But once we, we watched the games, and, and of course, the dramatic game that the Mets won when the ball went between Bill Buckner's legs and up the first baseline, and the Mets pulled out an impossible, improbable victory over the Red Sox, forcing a seventh game which they won. By the way, I do have autographed the picture of that play. Autographed by both Bill Buckner and Mookie Wilson, who hit the ball. So That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. And it's authenticated, Duke of Sports. All right, I actually have the slip that authenticates it, that it's not like a print or a forgery. Or That's right. That's yeah, pretty cool. It's hanging up in my, in my living room. That was, And that's when, I mean, we were together that night in a frenzy for that game. But, and then as I moved here and I started to listen to him, I realized the appeal. 
He's very laid back, which I was not used to because in New York, most of the announcers, especially the Yankee announcers, were like over the top excited. But I understood the smoothness and the way he can piece together stories. And he likes to draw on statistics and kind of blend everything into the game. And when you hear, and we'll play a medley later on in the show of some of his calls over the years, and sometimes he says something afterwards, it's kind of poetic, but it's also amazing that it kind of came off the top of his head as he said it. So we'll talk to Rick Monday coming up after the news at four o'clock. Big story this afternoon, an Indiana congresswoman has been killed in a car crash. Uh, A Republican by the name of Jackie Walorski was apparently in an SUV with her press secretary, Emma Thompson, and the Republican Party chairman for St. Joseph County, Indiana, His name was Zachary Potts. A car traveling in the opposite direction crossed the median, hit them head on. Those three were killed along with the driver of the other car, 56-year-old Edith Schmucker. So kind of a shocker that a member of Congress was killed today in a car accident. Now we turn to the animal lady for a question. A question. All right, bring it on. Can we experiment on pigs in order to help the world of transplanting organs? This is quite a story, and and really, if it pans out, what they've been doing with the pigs, and it says here they're dead. Now, I don't know that they killed them. Oh, then that's fine. If they were already dead, of course. That's a no-brainer. They bring them back. Uh Aha. They restored function to their organs. Can you see where this is going? Yeah, I can. (laughs) The idea, and this is really would-be breakthrough, is to help in organ transplants because as you know after somebody dies you got to be quick to harvest whatever you're going to transplant whether it's the lungs or the liver or the kidneys or the pancreas you have to be really fast they usually put it in like a little as you've probably seen this like an ice cooler yeah that's right but they claim that there are sometimes problems when they thaw out the organs so they've been trying to come up with a better way to deal with the deterioration of the organs upon the patient's death. And what they did was an experimental system that included circulation monitoring sensors, a filter, and a pump that delivered a fluid containing multiple medications to the pig's organs. When the bodies of the pigs that had been dead for an hour were hooked up to the system, their hearts resumed beating and limited function was restored, was returned to their brains, their lungs, their livers, their kidneys, and their pancreases. These cells are functioning after they should not be, according to one of the researchers. They're calling this experiment Organ X. They had a news conference this week. They hoped the system could eventually expand the supply of human organs available for transplantation by making it possible to preserve and even repair the organs. It could still be a distant goal that might take years to get to, but this would be a big step because, as you're probably aware, there are often long waiting lists uh, for organs, and then even the ones that are harvested is the word they use. They can't keep them preserved long enough. Um, So the standard way, as I mentioned, is to cool them rapidly and store them in these ice-cold preservative uh, containers, but damage can occur when the organs the organs are thawed, and many have to be thrown out. 
So you're okay with us doing this to the pigs? Well, the pigs aren't hurt, right? They're they're medicated, so they're not feeling anything. Then I'm okay with that. They've but already I, I been. Mean, they're already dead. They're they're brought back to life, but they probably don't have any brain function, so they're not they're not feeling any pain. Do you think though they just stand around waiting for the pigs to die of natural causes, and then they haul them in there for the experiments? Uh, hey, I'm gonna play, I'm have... gonna be ignorant here and, and, <laughs> and, and, and I... hope. I'm not so sure that that would be a very efficient way to do the experiment. I know, Ken. I know. Uh, it doesn't say in this story I'm reading that they took live pigs, killed them, and then you know see if they could revive their organs an hour after they died. I don't know the details of that. There are more than 100,000 people in the country on the national waiting list for kidneys, livers, hearts, and organs. And you probably do know, Deborah, that uh, pigs, uh, very similar anatomy. Yeah. To humans, their in their internals. I got that. All right. When I come back, we'll continue on uh, KFI with uh, tributes to Vince Scully, who passed away at the age of ninety-four. A Dodger broadcaster, Rick Monday, will join me next. KFI AM six forty, and Deborah Mark has the news now. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S and P is down twenty percent from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or visit buylegacygold.com. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $175 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.